0: What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today to recap one final time The Challenge Ride or Dies, Season 38. Went in the books officially after 19 episodes and a three-episode finale last week. We talked about it all week by week by week, and we are here one more time to recap the whole thing, hand out some awards, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we maybe want to see in the future. So you could say this is one of those episodes that's a bit of a mix of the past, the very recent past, the current, present, and even a little touch of the future in there. So covering all of our bases, covering all things ride or die right here right now except for i guess the reunion shows which one airs tonight one airs next week that leads me right into my programming reminders we've got kind of a bunch of them there's a bunch of different stuff happening in the challenge world so uh here we go here's what we've got coming as far as this podcast trying to cover everything coming into that world this episode right now, as I just said, wraps up coverage of "Rider Dies, unless those two reunion shows, which from the clips do look a little fiery, a little interesting, if those were are worthy of a recap after we watch tonight and next week's, If they're worthy of a recap, we will do one of those a week from this Friday. So we'll watch tonight. We'll watch next Wednesday. You should too. And then if they're good, if they're worth covering, or if there's other things going on, we'll maybe throw a little brief recap of the reunion in on a Friday here after we've seen both episodes. So that could happen that might not. We'll see how the how the reunions go. Other than Ryder dies though, now that we're moving on from that, we've got a bunch coming up. First and foremost, The Challenge UK. The Challenge Australia is now available to be watched on Paramount Plus. So for anyone who, you know, was annoyed at listening to me say over and over how you should watch that season, go find the links this, that and the other and you still didn't, well, guess what? Now it's even easier for you. You don't even have to go find links on Twitter or Reddit or anything like that. You just go right to your Paramount Plus page. So that's there. We've covered that season in full, though. We've even talked to a cast member, the MVP in my estimation of the season, Connor, recently. So watch that. You can go back and listen to all that. But the Challenge UK is dropping this Saturday, the 25th. I believe that is at least what the semi-official statements that have been made are. It just started airing in the UK this week and is airing one episode a night, five nights in a row or four nights in a row with a double episode on Thursday. Um, so if you're listening over in the UK, you might have already been watching the first couple episodes. For those of us in the States, the whole season, all five episodes drops this Saturday, the 25th. So I'm going to do what I'm going to do because we only have then a week or whatever until the world championship starts. We're going to do some recaps of this season, but we're going to do them very short. Very quick and all in quick succession from each other. So I am going to preview it this Friday. And by preview it, I mean it's probably going to be a 10-minute podcast just reading what I can put together, what we've been told from the different online places, little bios of some of the characters, that that sort of thing. So if you don't want to spend the 15 to 30 minutes yourself trying to figure out who the hell these people are, what's going on, what's with this season, anything like that, I'm going to do it for you, synthesize it into a little 10-minute preview or so. That's this Friday. Then on Saturday the five episodes hit Paramount+. Plus, that means next week, you know, we're going to binge it this season or we're going to start this season this weekend. We're going to start to watch it this season. Next week, I will do a recap of every single episode, but very short, 10 to 15 minutes, and I promise they will actually be that short, just little micro pods if you will, talk about them, get in and out real quick. We can binge that season together then over the course of next week. So, one episode a day, we will have, you know, again, the preview out this Friday, then next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're hitting all five episodes in five days in order, Monday through Friday. Every day, one of those will be out, which means then we'll have covered it in one week's time, and we will be able to prepare for the World Championships. That preview then, which originally was going to be next Wednesday, I want to get through the Challenge UK so I can properly talk about the folks from that show or anything else we need to know for that show leading in. The World Championships preview will be out then a week from this Saturday, which means there'll be six podcasts, six days in a row Starting next week, really seven podcasts in like nine days. Starting this Friday, Challenge UK preview. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Challenge UK recap pods. Little micro, quick, 10, 15 minutes so we can all binge the season together over the course of a week. And then that Saturday, we'll drop the World Championship preview. That's the fourth. That's five days before the season launches on the 8th or ninth or however math works. And so that means then we'll be all ready to go to recap that as they drop every Wednesday there on out. The other thing that is happening on Saturday the 4th, speaking of that great day it's going to be, I'm going to be participating in a Challenge Trivia Night hosted by Drew at Angel Cake Media, Angel Cake Entertainment, excuse me, on YouTube. If you're not aware of Drew, um, he does... I think some of the absolute best challenge coverage as well as kind of the historical content type of coverage in the game. You should hit up his channel. You should get familiar with it. If you haven't watched any of his videos before, you're going to love them if you love the challenge. He does an incredible job. And I'm honored to get to join him and some other incredible guests that he's pulling together for a little live challenge trivia night. So you can watch live myself and others go through and compete in a little challenge trivia hosted by Drew at Angel Cake Entertainment. So, Follow him on or subscribe to him on YouTube if you don't already. Get a little familiar with his content. He's done one or two of these in the past, and so I'm honored to get to be a part of it. That will also be Saturday evening. I don't know the exact time, but once everything is locked in, loaded, I will share all that on my Instagram, as, of course, he will be, and everyone else participating will be as well. So. That's what we got. Rider or dies today. Maybe some reunion recaps you know, next week if they're deserved. We got Challenge UK preview and all five episodes recapped between this Friday and next Friday. Little short 10-15 minute podcast. Get in, get out, binge the whole season all together. And then the following Saturday, the 4th, we will be doing some Challenge Trivia that night. As well as on the pod doing some World Championship previewing. Wow, that we have seen... Almost everyone that's going to be on. We still won't have watched Challenge Argentina. I think that's coming to Paramount Plus sometime. I don't know, but we we'll probably won't be covering that one the way we have all the others. So that's everything that's coming up. That's a lot of preamble. That's a lot of programming notes. Thanks for sticking with it. Now let's get to what we're really here for, the Ride or Die Season Recap and Awards. Here's the quick agenda for the evening. We are going to talk First, Generally, high level stuff. Did it work? What were some things we liked? What were some things we didn't like? Let's talk about the theme, you know, the format, and some just kind of general high level things, mostly just looking at what we like, what we not like, and then from there, we're gonna dive into awards. All the awards are gonna be covered. Best daily, best elimination, best quote, best moment, best needle drop. We might as well, we did it ep- episodically, we might as well do it for the full season. Then, of course, the rookie of the year, which we all know who's gonna win that, but we're still gonna hand it out. We're still we just because someone's a runner. Away winner of the award doesn't mean you don't give them the award, they did so good that you know they earned their way out of the award. No, 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 but we all know who it's going to be. We will give that rookie of the year, and then we will do the season MVP, which is a heated debate. That at the time of this very recording, as I eventually 45 minutes or whatever it's going to be from now, have to name that MVP. I still don't know who I'm actually going to pick. So that one's going to be, you know, it's not a live podcast, but you're going to hear my thoughts and opinions and decisions live because I've got to make a decision and I'm not ready to, but we're going to have to get ready. So that's all coming. And then we're going to end the podcast. The final thing we're going to do, we promised it the last few weeks and we kept pushing it back, said we'd do it this week. We will. Is Devin a top 25 male challenger of all time? Not giving a definitive definitive answer because I'm not giving out my definitive top 25 male or female rankings, but a kind of preliminary. Here's where he'd probably fit in. Here's if you know that tweet was insane. We're gonna we're gonna cover the topic. We're just not etching it into stone in the challenge history books yet. One day we will give you the guaranteed exactly correct rankings of probably every single challenger ever across the entire. Span of the franchise and season. So that's the agenda for today. Let's dive on in. Here we go. To kick off the opening of this review recap of Ride or Dies, we're just going to ask the general question Did it work? And we're going to go through a couple different topics with that question. And of course, we've got to start. With the theme itself, and this is, you know, as we start as high level as we can, this is as high level as you can go with this season. The theme was ride or dies. That's what it's called. That's what the whole thing's based around. That's the idea of the season. They built out around it. Did ride or dies work? Did that idea, that theme work? And the answer is a difficult one for me. I think you probably know where I stand on this if you've been listening all season, but... The more I thought about afterwards, it is just a real mixed bag. My final feelings are this theme, this idea, ride or dies as a theme, could be one of the best. It could be right up there with all the other, you know, it's always Pairs. Pairs works the best in these worlds, in this franchise, in this game, you know, right up there with rivals and exes. It could be, you know, it's not going to quite be the level of those because there's not going to be quite as much, you know, animosity, and that adds a little bit of interest and intrigue to the season, but... Ride or Dies could be right up there in, you know, the as good a theme as we've got for this show, for this, you know, this game. But it only is going to be that if it's actual Ride or Dies. So I did really like the theme for this season. I would like to see them do it again. We'll get to that In one quick moment of the change I would slightly make, but the real change that would need to be made for it to actually reach its potential, which it has big time potential as a theme, as a format, is they actually all have to be ride or dies, and you actually have to invite and do whatever you can to get the most appropriate people to fit that theme onto the season. It was about a half and half mixed bag on the season. There were some really good ones. Ones like Laurel and Jack, that really worked for me. It was bringing in a rookie with a kind of super vet, but in a way, like these people are actually legitimate friends. We've got this other show if you want to go watch where they met. They've had a real friendship outside the game. He's going to be an interesting rookie to have around. We like Jack. Laurel's back, so that's great. It all makes sense, and it's like okay, if you're going to introduce you know some rookies into this, that's kind of the hard part of doing a ride or dies. Is you need kind of that backstory you need to know and believe. We had just enough there, and it was obviously actual, real, legitimate friendship. So that's the good version of it. Same with uh, Banana and nanny although this was banana's third pick uh third or fourth choice as partner for this particular season that should be said he did you know it's rumored or slightly known in the casting rumors wanted emily schramm didn't happen they maybe wanted janelle to do it with them maybe he didn't want that or she couldn't something of that nature he possibly even floated a jenny west at some point again obviously looking for just another w here and then eventually came around to what probably is the right choice all along anyways he and nani huge relationship huge backstory we've known them together in so many different ways over the years so that one makes perfect sense works really really well but then there's others that don't obviously jordan and Issa. that's the obvious one it was laughable at times it became quite you know they not they, Jordan and Nisa, because, again, they, they came to the show thinking it was going to be someone else. Anissa brought a good friend of hers to be a rookie. Jordan wanted to do this with Naya. They got forced together by production for different reasons when either Naya couldn't or they didn't let her. And then they kicked Anissa's friend off of the initial boat ride. And we're like, if we're not going to use film of you. We're going to only show that other boat because you're going home. You're going to the sidelines. And we're bringing you back in with Jordan. You're friends now. You don't hate each other bet she can pull that off and you know they didn't and so production kind of got what they deserved with that final Anissa and jordan did not deserve that anisa did not deserve all the injuries they didn't deserve to have to go through the hell that was working with each other when they aren't the best pair to work with each other but you know we we kind of that was the karma of you know coming back to haunt the production so we had pairs like that didn't totally make sense we had you know some of the vet rookie pairs where it's like huh, you know Nam was only there for an episode or two, but clearly he didn't know his partner. He straight up didn't know his partner, it seemed like, at all. They certainly didn't date or weren't good friends or anything like that. They might've known of each other because they're in the reality world in the same country, but they weren't good friends. Uh, You know, Turbo might be dating Tamara Tamara sorry I don't remember how which way is the proper pronunciation but he also might be holding her hostage and that's probably something I shouldn't make a joke about but uh yeah, you know that one didn't fully work and there were then there was the ones like you know Casey and Fessel are there. They should have just been partners. How good would that have been? Everyone would have went against them. It would have been great. That adds an extra element versus, yes, I like Mariah a lot. Yes, we got a lot of good jokes and content out of Big Ken here and all across the Challenge Mediascape. But, uh, you know, uh, it still would have been a lot better if that was Casey and Fessel together versus them bringing someone in. You know, then we we just missed out on some other possible combinations. There was a bunch rumored possibly cast and, you know, dropped last minute or couldn't last minute like a Georgia and Theo, which I think would have been amazing to bring back. Obviously, you know, Leroy has been at the time was retired briefly there that just had the kid, everything like that. He and Cam probably, you know, there's no world in which you're convincing them to do this season but also, if Leroy and Nani would have been together, that would have been like the ultimate ride or dies. They kind of basically did that by pairing up by the end of Double Agents. But you get what I'm saying. And then, of course, the one we complained about early, often, and frequently throughout the season is Polly and Kara should have been there. That would have changed the whole dynamic of the house, changed the whole dynamic of the show, everything. It would have been fantastic. So if they do it again, which I think they should, I think they really should. I think they should run this back. Possibly even for season 39 uh, to lead into then season 40 doing some big crazy thing. I've got ideas for that. I've shared some before. Others I'll share later. But if you're going to do it again, make sure it meets the real standard. And then the other tweak I would make, make it teams. Make it teams of four. Don't do two. Make it teams. Make it ride or dies, you know, but bigger and it's little groups of mini alliances that have had been in the past and different groups of people that are you know either you could mix in a little of my generations idea put them together but either way make it four so that it is people working together with the people they want to work with but have some little element of, you know, if you get thrown in, it's battle of the season style. You have to pick who goes in of your four. So now you do have that little bit of choice between friends element added in. So do ride or dies. It has the potential to be great. This wasn't the best version of it. We only got about halfway there. Second thing, did it work? The format itself then, which the format, if I could recap, was pairs of ride or dies, but Add a new one every week for three weeks. So one goes home, one comes in every week for three weeks, and then still pairs for a little while, pretty regular. Then teams for a hot minute where individuals would get eliminated, but not be gone until their partner was also out of the game. And then pairs again with a big elimination around to eliminate some of the people who came back who had previously been eliminated as individuals. And then somehow only after all of that, it's back to pairs, but only four teams make the three episode final. That was the general format i think i actually got that exactly right that could just be the wikipedia challenge fandom wiki uh description of the format for the season nailed it did this work no it didn't they got a little bit closer there was stretches of this season where things were kind of simple and we knew what was going to happen every episode and that is something you know i crave and i think a lot of fans out there crave for the show is to be a little simplified to be To know who the teams are week to week. To know who's working with who week to week. And to know what could possibly happen. The possibilities of like, how many more eliminations are there? How, you know, is this person in jeopardy because of this, that, or the other? Whatever. They got a little closer. They had little stretches of that. But they still, they did some twists and made made it more, less simplistic for kind of no real result or benefit. And that's, you know, the worst case scenario. 19 episodes is fine. Just make them all worth it. More challenge is great, but are they worth it? Did we need a three-episode finale? No. We talked about that last week. We won't rehash it. If it's going to be 19 episodes and almost all of them 90 minutes, could there be more of the things in the house? Them going to the bars, the reality show elements that have slowly but surely kind of been drained from the shows and a little less of just 19 weeks of the competition itself? Yeah, you could, you could alter that balance there, and then I'm all in on 19 episodes. I'm all in on, you can do a 24-episode season, okay? That's what the max I would put, like old-school network TV show, 24-episode run, half of the year. I'm good with it if you just you make them all worth it. You make their reason that we have to do that many episodes. Then, you know, announcing the three OG teams in advance and then introducing them one week at a time, that kind of ruins that, you know, element of it. I know that there's no, they kind of have to announce that those six are on the show. One, to like get people invested a little bit, but also because everyone already knows that they're on the show because of all these spoiler accounts and, you know, the gamer vebs of the world, which is another reason why the fact that they seem to have no issue with those, you know, the gamer vebs of the world existing and spoiling things the day they happen while filming. Uh, is, is, will always be odd to me. No one, until someone explains that to me or tells me that it's actually Justin Booth himself is doing game of ever, whatever. I won't, I won't understand the benefits of it, but it ruins, you know, this big element, this big surprise is that we're like, oh, and these two are going to show up this week, this week, and this week. So that was kind of ruined a little switching the teams didn't do much of anything it didn't really lead to anything except a bunch of people getting mad at my boy fessel for really not doing anything bad again but that's just kind of standard fare for him he's dug that grave so you know the more dirt that gets thrown on it is there's a version of it that's deserved and then there's a version of it that's not won't dive into that now but you know even for someone who's interested in a full team season i was like Yeah, I don't really need this like three-episode team season again, the way we did last, you know, last time, and it just didn't, it didn't work for me. And then the final part of it, the twist that should have worked, that should have been amazing. The, you know, the if your ride or die stays in the game, you're not done yet. That twist could have been amazing, had all the potential. Similar to the theme, very high potential with this twist, but they didn't execute it in a way that I thought made it that interesting or big of a reveal because as i said during the season and then kind of bore out it was an idea originally and now afterwards i'm like yeah i actually think my idea would have been way better and that is if they would have you know stuck with individual or stuck with the team setting the rest of the season up until the final eliminated a bunch of people there would have been maybe i don't know eight to 10 individuals left going into the final and then they reveal they get to the final they think it's individual and then they reveal hey for those of you whose ride or die has been eliminated during this period they're still here they're coming back into the game right now this is pairs after all that would have been such an just a huge moment. And they obviously really want these big moments. They want the twist to have this big reaction, this big moment of chaos and craziness. It would have delivered on that. It would have allowed us to then suddenly we would have, you know, seven, eight teams in the final, which is desperately needed. We talked about that at length during the three episode final. Every week we took discovered why there should be more than two, three or four teams running this. If you're going to give us four and a half hours of the final. Um, And so I think it just would have landed way, way better than the, you know, pretty quick back to where announced it. So this team and this team are the only ones that actually went home. And these two people are still here, Mariah and Kenny and, uh, Jordan, Mariah, Kenny and Jordan, Jordan literally just lost, but he comes back in and now we're going to do a couple of eliminations and they get to stay. It was cool, but it was like a six or seven out of 10 when I still feel like my idea of stick to individual, convince them. They're like, this is truly a team or individual game. The pairs are long gone, have been forever. Those people are long gone. And then you reveal at the final, um, or maybe the last daily, if you were like, to be fair, these people don't just get to walk to the final, but that's what the rider dies thing. The rider dies would have got them to the final. So that could work. So overall the format, I think it uh, still needs work. And you know, they got, they had some good ideas in there and they just got to execute a little better on those ideas. Third thing to ask, did it work? The filming, all the seasons at once. I get that it's a very smart move financially for production. They got five seasons out of one filming location, one set of equipment, mostly for, you know, both the filming. and They had two film crews, but, uh, you know, they could share some stuff. But as far as the, like, the the stuff they need for the dailies and the eliminations and all that. They only had to build one elimination arena. They only have to build the daily challenge once and can use it for three seasons. All of that. It makes it very financially and time efficient for production. That all makes sense. I understand why they would want to do that, but it does hurt the shows. It hurts all five of the shows. And the five, again, challenge USA, UK, Argentina, Australia, and ride or dies. All five filmed in very quick succession in Argentina, outside of Buenos Aires, using one of the same two, you know, the warehouse or the house, almost all the same daily locations, almost all the same daily and eliminations in different orders and different combinations, all that really together. Challenge USA is the only one that stands out as like pretty different at this point, but I'm waiting to see UK and Argentina if those were a little more similar, if they used the warehouse, if they did, if the final was a little, you know, was on the mountain versus not, uh, that sort of thing. I'm guessing that they were. So it takes. You know, five C to B plus seasons, whatever these end up being, however you would rank them, they're they're at best B plus down to possible C rated seasons and having five of those doesn't have as big of an impact for fans or for the bottom line of your show. I think I theorize I don't I guess I don't know this for sure they obviously thought the other the opposite of what I'm about to say but having five c to b plus seasons doesn't have as big of an impact for the fans and their enjoyment or for your bottom line which those two things are connected than having one or two a seasons would that if rider dies would have been absolutely kick-ass incredible the best possible version of itself and at the same time, you would have done a challenge USA only and not worried about doing the other countries yet and just been like, we're gonna introduce the CBS like fully into this and we're gonna really put all of our resources behind it, and give it our best, best shot. And I think that both shows could have been there's a version of both shows that could have been A's or you know, B plus to A plus range, and that would have more of an impact. The repetition of the dailies, the eliminations—that kind of got tough after a while. The comparison of the living standards—that also kind of got annoying. Now that we know how much worse Challenge USA seemed to have it than at least Australia and Rider dies, and we'll see about UK and Argentina. And in general, it was maybe just a little too much, too fast. And you know, now it's like, what was the point if you're going to drop Challenge UK in five episodes? on one weekend, a week out before we watched the world championships. It was just to get these four people that they're then going to be in the world championship season that you want us to care about. Well, like that doesn't pan out either. Now you're kind of hurting the end product It's a world championship thing. As much as I want as much challenge all the time, every day, every week, I think spacing these out or not doing five at once, you know, first time you're trying to do this multiple at once type of thing would have behooved the show. Then the final thing here, final category of this first long segment, did it work? Um, We've mostly talked about things that, you know, the the criticisms I would have about the theme or the format or doing all the seasons at once. So let's end this segment on a positive note. Let's talk about some of the things I liked that might not get spoken about during the awards segment we've got coming up here. So things I like, general, random list, bunch of stuff that was awesome, great, wonderful about the challenge ride or dies. First one. The rookie cast was really, really, really good. Really, really, really strong. I actually think the rookies have been solid to great on four seasons in a row now in this stretch of seasons that fans haven't connected with, you know, in the way that they did certainly the, you know, handful of seasons, if not the entire franchise all the way before them. Total Madness, Double Agent, Spies, Lies, and Allies, and Rider dies. I think the rookies have been really good, you know, somewhere between good to legit great Every one of those seasons, they just all haven't always been given the chance to, like, develop into anything more. And, I mean, if we look at this season, you know, that that point may be a conversation for a different day. I'm not going to go back to the other three seasons. But for this one in particular, like, you know, we barely got any of Sam. He, he and Kayla are out episode one. I feel like he could have been very interesting for this show. Johnny and Raven were fantastic. They're gone pretty early. Tommy and Annalise I didn't get a lot from them but it's because I don't think they there was too many people still around and they were out too early it's just one of those where I'm like you might be awesome in this I just don't know because not everyone's going to get the camera time and the storyline time and everything if you end up going home this early on a rookie season so I don't know I liked Colleen and Kim a lot I loved Jack I really you know We had a good time with Kenny. We'll at least say that. Uh, Love Chauncey. And then obviously, you know, the rookies of the season and, you know, Horacio and Olivia. Stars. Absolute freaking stars. No doubt about it. Stars, stars, stars. And then I skipped over the other absolute no doubt about it star, Norris and Mariah, who I really liked. So the fact that we get Olivia, Horacio, Norris out of this, and then I also would, you know, throw into that mix Chauncey and Mariah at least if not Jack and Johnny and even Raven or Colleen and Kim like this is a great great cast of rookies I hope a bunch of them are brought back and given the room to run with it if they don't bring Olivia and Horacio back I mean then that might be such a uh such a transgression that we we all collectively have to just not watch like not not watch the show ever again, but maybe we all sit out the premiere episode of the World Championships or something, which that decision won't be made by then. So, you know, season 39, if Olivia and Horacio are not both on season 39 or we are not told directly they turned it down for whatever reason because they get to live the lives they want to live, then we should all collectively just not watch episode one as a little rebuttal of like, this is ridiculous. But they won't make that mistake. They'll be there. They'll be invited to be there if they want to be there. So I love the rookie cast. I thought it was really good. I thought that there was at least an honest attempt at taking down the Super Vets, the Vacation Alliance, if you will, uh, that kind of combo. There was a real honest attempt at it, and that is great because there's not been the most honest of attempts at it in seasons past. And this time there at least was, there really was. It started that way. It didn't end up going that way. Did Jay and Michelle, did Nelson, did some of the rookies kind of fuck up obvious easy opportunities? Yes, they certainly, certainly did. But it was at least interesting that they were fucking up this chance to go against the Vacation slash super vet Alliance. So it might have, you know, been still somewhat half-hearted, but, uh, you know, I, I liked that it was at least there. And I would love to see that that trend continue a little bit. I would love to see them bring back a bunch of these rookies with a couple nice new rookies on 39 and a couple like vets that aren't super vets yet. Like the Jay Michelle's Ambers that are willing to work with that crew and actually see a little bit of a takeover, see, a, you know, put, put these super vets on real notice, have them actually really going into multiple eliminations, basically just flip the script of the back half of this season on them. That would be great. There was at least a half-hearted attempt. I did like that. I will say adding the people week by week the you know, three OG pairs that obviously hurts their chances. And that was obviously on purpose to benefit those teams that the show probably wanted to benefit and prop up in a little bit of way, or give those little bit of advantages to another thing I liked TJ as always, but got to give the man a shout out. He's, he's been so great for some, I mean, he's been great since season one back gauntlet too, but He's really in the last couple seasons became much more a part of the show like a like a part of every single part I'm using the word "part" way too many times, but you, I think you get what I'm saying. Like he's there the whole final, which God bless him, just hanging out on that ATV for a hundred straight hours. Um, he's way more prevalent, and you know, coming and delivering news to the house, even when it's not, you know, I'm kicking someone out or anything like that. He is a little more active with his own commentary and improv and different moments, and just he he was a, a little bit more of a part I feel like in these episodes than he's even been in the past, and I really liked all of it because TJ is the fucking man. So. That was really good, and then the other thing that I really liked, and I've gotta give a shout out to, in general, the color scheme, the theming of it all, the production value at different times, This is the thing I've I've kind of railed against a little bit in the previous couple of seasons, both one, just the spies of it all. The last two seasons has been a little kind of nauseating at times over the course of the season and at other times where it's like they're trying to make this film like an action movie and I should be the most interested in that of any fan out there, but I feel like they're kind of wasting money in that area when they could be spending it over here and was that explosion worth it? Did that actually pay off this, that, and the other? I feel like this season both... They got away from a lot of that. It might just simply be that they weren't with the spy theme. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, this is nice. There's no, the theme is just a color scheme and like a couple occasional cheesy reference to friendship or whatever. Like that's it. Maybe it was just literally not having that. The removal of that felt good. But I think it was also just like the the neon color scheme they were going with. Worked really well in a lot of settings, Most, you know, especially the finale in the the final part of the final. You know, we talked about that last week. It was incredible. It was really cool. Um, But just the production value in general, I feel like they spent the money in the right places this time. You know, the explosions when they were there, made a little more sense the, you know, the, the driving through the course, that daily challenge at the end, inside of the bus, like it actually kind of panned out and worked out and looked cool and was interesting versus the regular, like, Oh, you're going to press this button and over there on that mountain, something's going to explode. But like, was that worth it? Did that really add any value or did that just cost a bunch of money? You know? So I think they got all of that right. This season, I think, you know, that portion of the production team deserves a big old standing ovation for many, many great instances of photography and camera work and lighting and choices being made and the whole thing of it. So I liked all of that. Those are, those are a handful of things I liked. Let's now then that's enough of that. Let's, uh, let's dive into the actual awards, shall we? Let's talk about a lot more things that I liked the best of the best, if you will, and hand out some big old not existent trophies. First two awards to hand out, we've got to go on the athletic sports side of things and talk best daily challenge and best elimination. Now, I will say this overall thoughts on both the dailies and the eliminations. Goes back to what we said just a little bit ago about the repetition across seasons. Kind of hurts a lot of them. It makes, you know, as I said earlier in the season covering this and on when covering Australia and uh, yeah, just Australia because that was the first time we saw things for a second or third time. Um, I said then, and I stand by now. It makes when you see something three times over or twice over or possibly a fourth time over when we watch UK here in the next week. It makes an average daily challenge suddenly like kind of shitty the second or third time you're seeing it and it makes a good to great daily challenge average by the second or third time you're seeing it. it's not the novelty of its worn off a little bit. You might have some incredible performance the first time you see it and then the second time like they're not as good at it and they're like this is it was already kind of a semi only semi interesting daily challenge and now they're not even as good at it this time um, or what have you so. It, that repetition really hurt these and then also i just think that this is one of those seasons where there isn't the iconic daily challenge or elimination moment there was the the eliminations were a, on a better level than the daily challenges the daily challenges were a little bit weak across this season or just a little bit more average across the season because i don't think any of them sucked and there's been many seasons in the past where it's like yo a handful of these like sucked like they weren't They weren't even average and whatever. And I think this season was just a lot of kind of average to good. And there was almost no great on the daily side. And thankfully also not a lot of completely suck on the daily side. And then on the elimination side, it just the couple – The couple you're hoping are going to be, you know, the big, the headbangers you're hoping are going to be truly amazing. We didn't quite get there with any of those. Some of the others that you're like, these could be super interesting depending on the matchups. This could be really cool. Didn't 100% get there. So here we go. They're still really good to talk about. And we're still going to talk about the best of the best because you still get an award no matter what. So the best daily challenge four nominees. Episode two, balancing act. You got to jump into the water, climb up on top of the containers, swim to the middle platform, balance it out end your time. This one, Bananas and Nani win. It's their first, you know, they're just back into the house. They come in, they win first one right out the gate, set the tone that, you know, they're here, they're back. They're going to do big things. And it was, you know, it was a pretty good, well-designed daily challenge. And then you have that element of them coming in and winning first time and just kind of shaking up everything the house knew to be from episode one right into episode two. Really like that one. It stands out as a pretty good daily challenge. Number two, nominee number two from episode nine, Hall or Nothing. This was the mini final. Fessel and Mariah get the win. They end up kind of getting the win by a lot. So much so, I guess, that everyone in the house decides they're the number one threat over you know, all the people who have won before or definitely just the better teams and should be the top threats and end up being the top two of the season in the end because everyone was so concerned or just faking concern, I guess, for this team. But... They did dominate this mini final, and I thought this was a very solid version of a mini final. They've been using that term for a lot of seasons now, and it doesn't always feel like it's used in a time where it's like, yeah, that's like a miniature version of a final. You really did do like four or five stages. It was pretty endurance heavy, and you know, you did a puzzle. You did some physical stuff. You carried some heavy shit. You ate some stuff. What this, that, and the other. And this one felt like a real mini final and I'm in for there being an actual like kind of miniature final during, you know, halfway through the season, two thirds of the way through the season, just to kind of size everybody up. I'm into that. And it was a solid version. We had the, uh, Horacio Olivia. Only time they ever didn't work well together. Had that little dust up moment at the end. A few other interesting things happened again, the strategies and the, who's the threats kind of changed in the house. It was a good daily challenge. Number three, nominee number three, episode 11, Spin Class, Trivia on the Spinning Wheel. Trivia is always going to get nominated because it's never not good. It's somewhere between good and great every time, as long as it's trivia. This was really, I liked the questions themselves. The team format makes trivia a little less, I don't know, sometimes it's more interesting, sometimes it's less. I can't decide which one this one was, but on the Spinning Wheel, I like, I like that. It's funny to look at. It's funny to watch them go through. I like the trivia as always, so Spin Class, nominee number three, and nominee number four, Episodes 13, Blind Faith. This is the one where there's four different games. They show them the little logo to and pick who's gonna play this one. We get the the thankfully no one getting injured version of the shooting the the little golf balls that comes back in the final to haunt the show and certainly Olivia. Uh, May her face continue to feel better and better and never experience anything 1% like that again in the rest of her life or anyone else's life should ever experience any of that. But this one had, you know, had Jordan Fessel doing that. It has Fessel having to do the drinking and getting to recap, you know, his difficulties in the past with the food and everything and him overcoming that even in a loss of that segment. We get Devin being an absolute wizard part one with the basically... Doing it from the sidelines for Jordan and Fessel in the end. We get the team, you know, Devin helping the other team and that coming back to haunt them because it's super dramatic at the end. And we bring back a great elimination game as part of a daily challenge in the, you know, we're both attached to the same bungee. We've got to get and hold on to that pole out there without pulling each other back. Love that. So all parts of that added up make Blind Faith, I think, the best daily challenge of the season. That's the one that wins the award. I can't go on, though, without giving one final little shout-out to you should have done the Spooky Town Challenge. It was the best one. It won both times on Challenge Australia and Challenge USA. If they do it on Challenge UK, I bet it's going to win the Best Daily Challenge of that season, too, and it would have been the best one of this season. Uh, Alas, they did not do it. So shout-out to the Spooky Town Challenge, though. Still really great, even though they didn't do it. Blind Faith Episode 13 wins Best Daily. As for Best Elimination, four nominees. Episode 3, Double Decker. Olivia and Horacio beat Johnny and Raven. This is, you know, the more humane version of Hall Brawl, which I really appreciated. They found a way to keep the intensity and the intrigue of the Hall Brawl, but make it a little bit more humane than the previous versions we've dealt with. It did look cool. The double-decker worked. It looked really fun and interesting. It was a nice team concept of two people doing this versus the individual rounds that you would get in the past with the team Hall Brawl. Instead, it's you're together. The individual rounds are combined more or less, and one winning could give the other an advantage to possibly win their side the whole thing great concept great design well executed got a couple of our first like really great olivia moments the little the meme of her staring down just looking great mid stare down over top of the bar the shoe coming off thing everything about double Decker was really really good second nominee episode six in your face jordan anisa beat laurel and jack it's a really cool game. It's a really difficult game at the very end. The end part is very difficult. And then, you know, it's three big names going at it, plus Jack, who I really, really liked. So that part of it was interesting. It was still in that moment, episode six, where you're like, huh, they got, you know, Laurel and Jack in there versus Jordan and Anissa. Like the the rookies and lesser vets, uh, lesser time vets, not lesser people or status or whatever. Um, but you know, that crew was still had a shot, had gotten their way a little bit. Um, so all of that was really good. And then Jordan showing out in elimination. Always fun for me to watch. Always like that. Third nominee. I can see you. Nani beats Mariah barely by one little word. One little letter out of place. One split second. Mariah gets the check first, but got that letter out of place. Nani gets the win. Definitely the most thrilling, most down-to-the-wire elimination of the season. Plus, you throw in the the the, the concept of the challenge is great. The lighting, again, production did really well with a lot of on the theme side, as we said before. But the lighting of this, where you got to Very attractive women to begin with, but the lighting is perfect. It makes just these incredibly cool photos of the two of them looking up at their boards. It it looks great. It's a great concept. It comes down to literally a half-second call for a check and then a one letter out of place being wrong to lose it for one side and win it for the other. It was fantastic. What a matchup that we'd also kind of get a rematch of, you know, they with their partners in a landslide victory for Nani and Bananas, but we would get a rematch of these two later, which is also an interesting part. Fourth and final nominee balls in episode 14. Horacio beats Jordan. Big moment for Horacio. Tough-ish moment for Jordan, although he gets to immediately come back in and lose another elimination before winning an elimination. So long day and long night in the the sand for Jordan there on that one. But balls in those two. You know, that's a great matchup. I could have, you know, went, again, With the balls in in the final, if we just went the Jordan and Bananas half, that was really fun because you kind of have to rule out the other half. That was really sad and not enjoyable to watch. Someone as awesome as Anissa just get injured repeatedly and badly. So, you know, if we could cut that in half and go with the side that didn't feature injuries, that could have made the list. But for now, this balls in does. These are your four nominees. The winner Gotta give it to Nani and Mariah. I can see episode 13. I think it was the best elimination. It definitely had me the most on the edge of my seat. And uh a lot, a lot going into that. Nani kind of being one of the main storylines of the back half of the season, getting that win, all, all of it rolled into one. That's the best elimination of the season. That's your best sporting events of this season. Now let's talk the show side of things, hand out some awards for the best quote and the moment of the, I said moment, not meoment, moment of the season. Starting with best quote. A bunch of nominees, we will admit, there were at times this lengthy season that there were some episodes where the quotes were a little dry, and honestly, if you told me going in, I'd be like, well, it's maybe a better thing if they focus more on the story versus the witty one-liners, sure, but uh, it was a little mix and match though. But still some great lines, still some great quotes. Here are the best of the best, in my estimation, in chronological order. Episode number two, Michelle, quote, I want to put Jay on a collar and leash and tell him to sit and stay and be a good boy, end quote. Great one there about trying to rein her partner in and take the strategic reins of that team. Episode number four, nominee number two, Nelson. Quote, I feel like the president. I feel like a king right now. Power comes with great responsibility, and I'm not a very responsible guy. End quote. This comes after winning his first daily in 45 tries. 45, excuse me, flip that around, 54 tries. Then third nominee, also Nelson, episode seven, quote, I am Spider Nelly T. My web goes all the way around. I'm connected to everybody. And quote. Just, you know, incredible. Way to, way to land the plane on calling yourself Spider Nelly T. All the deals, all the alliances, that's what he's referencing there. Next nominee, Devin. Quote, people regularly refer to me as Fat Tom Hardy, so I feel like I'm right where I need to be. End quote. That's about, you know, jumping on top of the cars next to the speeding semi, that sort of thing. That was from episode eight. Then we got episode 13, Olivia, quote, it looks like Fessy is going through a full-blown exorcism. Where's my Jesus juice, a.k.a. my wine, because we are not off to a good start here. And, quote, Olivia bringing the heat in the confessional booth all season long. What a delight. What a star. More on her. A lot more on her as we get through the awards here. Then we've got episode 15, Anissa's very short but sweet quote that Johnny Bananas wouldn't let us forget as he repeated it over and over and over and over again. Ow, ow, my cooch. That was a great one from Anissa during Not So Fast. Episode 15, then Bananas himself, quote, you've gone harder in Vegas for 80 hours, end quote. Can't say I've ever heard a more hilarious yet true motivational speech in one sentence ever given. Because, yes, Nani has gone harder in Vegas for 80 hours probably uh, than the incredibly difficult time that they just had in this final. Maybe it's possible. I don't know. What a great season of the real world that was. And then the final nominee goes to Devin in episode 18, speaking about the green-ish, gooey, algae-filled waters they have to swim through. Quote, it's toxic. It's like toxic waste, you know? There's a chance we come out stronger than we went in. Honestly, if I had the choice, I want to be a supervillain. I just want to watch the world burn, end quote. All of those were great. There were some other great ones as well. I didn't want to sit here and just read quote after quote after quote, all podcast long. So of those... I'm going to give the award to Nelson. Nelson deserves an award for this season, and I feel like this is the most deserving spot to give it to him. I'm going with I'm Spider Nelly T. My web goes all the way around. I'm connected to everybody. It actually is relevant and says something about the game being played. It brings in him giving himself his own nickname. He lands the plane on that nickname. It's relevant. Spider-Man very popular these days. The whole thing, Nelson just being funny in the confessional booth as he tends to be. Is all really, really good, and because his closest competition for me was Devin, who I am giving the Dan Renzi Award for the confessional king or queen of the season. That, of course, has to go to Devin. I do not believe this is his first season winning this. I did not look back, but I imagine. I believe he's now back-to-back. I think he won on Spies, Lies, and Allies. I got to go check the tapes, check the the history on that. He might have even won on double agents. This might be a three-peat at this point. Again, got to go back and check, but it, it wasn't close. I actually, I thought going in, I did the tallies. How many times were they nominated for best quote? How many other times do I remember them just being very prevalent in the booth? I thought Olivia was going to give a really strong showing. I do got to give a shout out to Olivia. Definitely. If there's a second place here, it's her Nelson and Michelle as well. Both great job in the confessional booth for the parts of the season. They were there, but this was a runaway. Dan Renzi award for the confessional king in this case of the season goes to devon quote of the year goes to nelson as for the best moment which again as always quick explainer best iconic memorable infamous usually the moments that win this in many many seasons are not actually ones that like we would wish upon the people to have happened there's you know could be injuries involved there could be there could be fights involved, there could be someone getting kicked off the show involved, there could be a lot of tears or drama involved, what have you. Sometimes there's not, but a lot of times it's that, so it's kind of like, it's the memorable infamous thing more than like, you know, I don't want to say that one of the nominees here, you know, Olivia's many injuries and triumph over those injuries in the final, you know, is definitely going to be nominated here, but I don't I don't I wish that wouldn't have happened obviously so I don't want to call it like the best moment that makes it sound like I was thrilled about it I was extremely happy obviously I wasn't you weren't no one was but you you get what I'm saying that's the explanation that took a minute and a half instead of 10 seconds cuz you know it you've heard it before so let's run through a bunch of different moments from the season that get nominated for the best the most memorable the most infamous the most fun The ones that I'll remember and cherish and try to try to think back on when I think about ride or dies in chronological order. Episode one. Devin's joke gone wrong with Turbo over the daggers that they are presented. He makes the joke to Turbo. Turbo doesn't understand that it's a joke or the joke at all or that Devin is not being a level 2 pussy chicken which yes, I just said, but of course I'm not going to I'm not going to give Turbo the time of day to give him the nominee for best quote back there. But Devin's joke gone wrong on him was a great moment in that first episode. Next nominee episode 4, Nelson winning the daily and obviously Naris won 2, but we we can all Agreed. This was that particular one as much as Norris did to equal parts partnership win that it was all about Nelson finally ending the streak. They berated him over and over every daily challenge to start the season. He finally gets the win 54 55 tries later, whatever the final number was. And what a great moment it was. And it comes with all those great quotes and then him not doing great strategic decision making. Third nominee, episode four, The Hookup Montage. I just slid this in here because I hadn't talked about it before. Shout out to the romance on this season. We got a season with a lot of romance, which even if, you know, there there's not a lot of drama with them other than the one big one that we knew there would be coming in, Tori and Jordan. It was nice that, you know, there was a little love triangle in the beginning with Johnny and Raven and Norris. You know, Jordan was doing his spiteful thing to Tori, or maybe he's just actually interested in the actual, absolutely wonderful and beautiful person that is Norris. There was Mariah and Bananas. There was Nelson and Olivia. There's this particular montage, you know, had a Fessel and maybe a, one or two of his different hookups in it and had you know the kim uh reacting to what was going down in his room between fessel and uh colleen and had uh was it whoever was in the room with olivia michelle reacting to nelson and michelle that montage was great and just shout out the fact that there was a lot of romance in the air this season and there was a lot going on as far as those storylines were considered at least the first first half of the season we kind of the wrong people got eliminated. If you wanted to see a lot of that continue on into the later stages of the game, next nominee episode five, Jay and Jack performed their emo song struck at my personal heartstrings. Loved, loved, loved it. And, you know, set up a great storyline between those two, then not liking each other so much after that song was performed. They spelled out their downfall. Episode 5 also has second nominee, Laurel and Michelle, in the interrogation room. Obviously, this was Jay and Jack in the interrogation room as well. But if I pick the specific moment of the longer moment, the quote, are you guys not going to say anything from Michelle, then quote from Laurel, do you have a question? And just the stone face of Laurel and Jack in that, that Jay and Michelle just being out of their depths with maybe the decisions they were making, the whole thing was fantastic. Next nominee, episode 12, Jordan calling Tori a terrorist still think it's a bit much, but it was memorable. That's for sure. It was a bit much, but it was memorable. We'll go with that. Episode 14, TJ's entrance into the house and the way he just strolls through, plops down on the pool and waits for everyone to come gather around old TJ. So loved that moment. Loved you know him being in the house a couple more times to reveal different parts of the game. Liked all of that this season, as we said before. Next nominee, here it is. Episode 17, Olivia in the finger, Olivia in the nose, in the golf ball, and getting kicked off, or kicked off, taken to the hospital, uh, Horacio being told he couldn't go. All of that rolled up is obviously, I think, going to be one of the first, if not the first thing I think of when I think of ride or dies. It's going to be Olivia in that moment and Olivia and Horacio together as just a team all season. And this is obviously has to be mentioned and is the reason we say this is the you know, it, we call it best moment, but it's really the memorable, iconic, infamous, greatest, like craziest, wildest, like biggest moment of the challenge season. So that one's obviously got to be on there. Episode 18, Nani eating, you know, shout out bananas too. He also ate really, really fast. He just didn't do it quite as entertainingly as his partner was. Nani eating and puking in banana's pocket. The whole eating segment there is just fan, Fantastic. Episode 19, the reveal of the final arena. I talked about it last week. I really liked it. It worked. They built an incredible thing. I don't think they used it to the best of its abilities, but goddamn, it looked incredible. And it was fun in that moment. And that reveal really hit 10 out of 10. They they executed that perfectly. And then the final one, episode 19, Tori and Devin winning it was lovely. Wonderful. Really enjoyed the moment they won. Got a little emotional about it. Really enjoyed the montage after it. All of that, as I tend to do almost every season when someone wins that I like and appreciate that they won. So those are all of your nominees. And there's two winners, basically, of this award. Because if I did go my favorite moment of the season, I think i go my favorite moment is Nani eating and then puking in Banana's pocket. I could watch the little whatever five minutes it might have been of them getting to the eating challenge, doing the full pasta ice cream, her throwing up in his pocket, all the antics between them. I think that was my favorite, most fun moment of the entire season, which came during a final. So good job on the, Nani and Bananas and everyone involved uh, for pulling off a great moment during a final. It doesn't always happen; it's a little tougher to do. So well done. But if I had to then say, just actually true to the spirit of the award, like what's if you could pick one moment from the season to go in the like craziest, wildest, most infamous, memorable, greatest, whatever you want to call it moments in challenge history bracket. I think it's got to be, unfortunately, Olivia breaking her face in five places. And then when you pair that with the triumph that she showed over it, the ability to get through that, to be the badass that she is, to come fucking back before she's even gone back to the States to do surgery, come out during the final and like cheer on, or you just be there, do some confessionals, the whole thing. That, That would be the one that would get put into the bracket, I think, for me, if only one did from this season, but... I'm gonna kind of give them co-award here because one of them is definitely my favorite. One of them I think is the most memorable, but again, I wish so desperately wish wouldn't have happened. So we're splitting hairs. We'll give Olivia and Nani both a trophy for that one. The other award that's here, we didn't do it all season long, but we talked needle drop the last four or five episodes because the music just got so so good all the way throughout the whole season. So I'm not going to even give it out an award. I just wish I had a trophy to give whoever worked on the music on this season and that whole staff some kind of award. But just quickly, just in the last four episodes, like the three final ep- finals and the one right before, we had Chingy, we had Sum 41, Three Doors Down, Everclear, Black Crows, Young the Giant, OK Go, Papa Roach, Britney Spears, Third Eye Blind. Like They were just coming for the heads. Of anyone born between the years of like nineteen, I don't know, eighty nine to ninety seven, like who grew up in the late nineties, two thousands, and were like into the emo music that Jay and Jack were into, or into this kind of alt indie pop rock, like the Everclear, Three Doors Down, OK Go, you know, Third Eye Blind. All it was just incredible. And then yeah, I you know we might give it to the Britney Spears giving more that did win that episodes during the eating montage of the last episode, but. There was a lot. There was a lot that was great. That music all season long was great. Just wanted to acknowledge that here. So that's your show side of things. That's your awards. Nelson quote, Devin Dan Renzi award, Olivia Nani co-moment awards, depending how we base the criteria of winning needle drop. Just the whole music department gets an award, a trophy of some kind. And that leads us to the final two big ones, the rookie of the year and the MVP. Here we go. The Rookie of the Year Award. Now, we know where this is going to end up. Obviously, we know where this is going to end up, who's going to win. But let's still talk about it because as we said at the top – the great rookie class was one of the many good things to great things about this season of the challenge. And I think this was a great rookie class. I could easily had no problem filling out a full five-person ballot plus honorable mentions. Like that doesn't that doesn't always happen with rookie groups. And this one did. So shout out to each and every one of the rookies this season, even those that I'm not gonna name here, because I don't know that there was a dud really in the group other than whoever, whatever her name was, that was Nam's partner, who is seems like a great reality TV character, just maybe uh America's version of the challenge wasn't the spot for her with a partner who she didn't know and who is snake bitten as far as partners come by. Anyways, that was more airtime than I thought. Uh what was her name? Was her name? Emmy? Yeah, I think it was Emmy. Got then more than I expected. Honorable mention. Kim, Colleen, Jack, and Raven. All four great. All four would like back. Found a lot of interest in all four of them, thought they were fun, thought they added good elements, thought they were plenty good enough to really good at the actual game itself. So, Kim, Colleen, Jack, and Raven, all honorable mention, all good job by you. Fifth place, we got Mariah. Gets right up to the very end, almost, you know, last eliminated before the final. Romance with the possible goat, Bananas. Bananas uh you know has the gets the draft the team being big storylines between her and fessel and really is one of those that yeah going into the season it's like fessel should be with casey we're bringing in just an extra rookie for no reason but she was the one that overcame that and made it work because i really liked mariah and so awesome job by her hope she's back she's fifth in the rookie of the year standings fourth spot johnny middle brooks Coming in with the name Johnny into the challenge house. Difficult to do. He overcame that baggage that might have come with it. Did a great job. Was the one trying, taking shots right out the gate. Episode 1, Episode 2, Episode 3. Doing his best. And just got eliminated there when, you know, Bananas comes in and flips that back around on the rookies. And gets them out of there. But while his stay was short, he had a love triangle. He was a daily. He tried to take the power from the Super Vets. Did a lot in his short time. Would love to have Johnny Middlebrooks back Third place, Norris. I mean, Norris is a rookie of the year in a lot of seasons. That's why this class was so good, because Norris in third place here definitely could have been the rookie of the year in a lot of different seasons. Well, there's there's not enough wonderful adjectives to say, positive adjectives to say about Norris. She's got to be back 100% again if she wants to, as always. All of these people get to live whatever the lives they want, especially the ones I like and want back, but... Please, Nerys, say yes because they better freaking ask you. She was fantastic across the board, com- competitively, storylines. Uh, you know, had some romance, had a little drama, confessional booth, the whole whole thing. I also hope she's okay. We never got cleared. Did she actually get like injured in the pato ball with her and Amber um, or not? We don't. I never, never never got to find out that for real. Third place, Nerys. Second place, Horacio. First place, Olivia. Let's talk about them together. They were a pair all season long. They were wonderful together and apart all season long. Horacio gets the five elimination wins. The little asterisk on it just, you know, because we've got to do our due diligence historian. This is a very pro Horacio pod. Love the guy. Love, love, love him. But just to be fair, you know, one of those wins was truly what they might've won or not. It's, it's unfair to him that we don't know if he would've went five and zero on his own without the crowd help, but You know, could he definitely have beaten uh, Turbo and Tamara? Yes, but the crowd, it was a memory puzzle with 20 people versus two. It's not, you know, little asterisk deserved on that. And then again, he and Olivia beating Jay and Michelle with the crowd helping them with the puzzle, Tower of Hanoi puzzle. I don't know. Again, they definitely could have won on their own. I'm not saying they would have lost if not for the help, but we don't know because there was a little bit of help. So there's like the small asterisk next to his 5-0, and o, at least just when compared to the Sarah Grayson, Wes, and Casey's of the world rookie season, five elimination wins. But it's still incredibly impressive. He'd still beat Jordan and balls in. So that kind of almost removes that asterisk on its own for getting that style of win in that particular game versus that particular person. Horacio's the man, fucking legend, one season in. Please have him back a dozen times, please. And thank you. I think he would say yes, a dozen times. He seems to love this kind of stuff. So give that to him. But of course, his partner, Olivia, is the, is the rookie of the year. And this will not be the last time she's talked about in these awards, even though we only got MVP coming up. Because yes, yeah, she will be in that discussion as well. She was that good. She was that much of an immediate spar. She was great at the game. Great at the social, had romance, had drama, had horrible, terrible things happen to her that she triumphed over in the end. I can't believe how incredibly badass and tough that woman is and took what happened to her and, you know, came back and the vulnerability of doing the confessionals and being there still, like the. The, the, just the a willingness to say, "Yeah, you cannot fly me to America for surgery yet." I will come back out and watch this final that I wish I was still competing in, and probably could have won if it wasn't for this horrible injuries that kept happening. She was so good, confessional booth the whole way through. Olivia, we said it over and over and over from early in the season all the way through the end. An absolute full blown star from the moment she stepped into the confessional booth for the first time on the season, stepped into the challenge house. Star, 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 star. If she wants to do every season from here on the rest of the history of the show, she should be already given that full pass. Like a, like when in tennis or golf, when you win a major and now you get invited that for the rest of your life, no matter if it's 30 years later and you're 78 years old, like you could still come give it a shot just for fun. She should have a lifetime pass for this season. That just unbelievable stuff. Olivia is the rookie of the year. Let's talk MVP. MVP of this season. We've got a top 5, we've got a couple honorable mentions. It was a pretty tricky one to land. Uh but although I do feel pretty solid about my decision in the end, I know earlier in this very podcast 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, however long I've been talking now, I said I didn't know the answer, but now I'm looking at this list and I had one and two uh not in I really had the top 5 actually not in order, but just looking at it it, felt, it falls into an immediate order now that the moment has come and that I actually have to decide. So, I feel good about my decision. Let's walk through it. The honorable mentions. Bananas gets the the lightest of honorable mentions. Nowhere near Captain Save a Show whatever he wanted to call himself, but he did bring he did make it, you know, get second and brought a decent amount to the table of the season and I also this kind of gets a little bonus because I listened to about at least half, if not you know more of his podcast every week. I get a little more insight from him, and that kind of should it or not, uh, you know, taint my reaction to him in this particular season. It just gives me more data to work with, a little more behind the scenes. So that also might factor in. But it was good enough from him to get an honorable mention. He still was a factor for this season, certainly. The other two honorable mentions are like real full-blown honorable mentions. Like if I had to take this list from five to seven, these would be the next two on the list. Michelle first. Michelle is the one that if she would have been around longer, she would have been in this top five. And if she would have been around the whole season, I feel like she would have been battling for the victory. She was the MVP through the you know six or seven or eight episodes, whatever it was, when she got eliminated she had two episode MVPs. She had a runner up. She had a fourth and a fifth place. She scored very well on my little tally of, you know, point system for episode by episode MVP, which does not decide who wins the season MVP. There's some more that goes into it, but it's a nice little barometer to look at. And yeah, Michelle was just gone a little too soon. Incredible season from her. Same goes for her partner, Jay. They were kind of my biggest highlight of the season of knowing going in. I was like, I'm going to like, I want. They are the kind of newer stars that I feel like we could build up that I really like. And I think a lot of the fans really like, and can be interesting and just enough messy and just enough good at this. And they delivered in a big way on all fronts on that, especially Michelle. So she's honorable mention. And then the final honorable mention is Tori. Tori got her first win. She's arguably a part of the biggest storyline of the season. The one I haven't really talked about in an hour and a half or whatever. We've been going here. Recap of the season, her and Jordan, obviously a huge storyline of the season. I talked about it when needed throughout the season. And you know, my feelings that I just, it, it just, while I wanted, I want more romantic drama in the house. I just, I liked these two people too much coming in and it was too real and raw for me that I kind of, I checked out a little bit on that part of the storyline, but She won the season, which is incredible. She got through this hellacious roller coaster of emotions and freaking won on the end. So she made it all worth it because I did say back when she got called a terrorist that I maybe would have just freaking left the show and been like, nope, not going to do it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave this world now. I don't need to be here. I don't need to go through all of this. But uh, she made it worth it. She won, and she's amazing, and I'm a big fan, and she got honorable mention here. But she doesn't crack top five because top five is pretty – pretty on point all season long fifth place Nelson Nellie T this was a very Nelly heavy season the middle kind of third of the season is very nelson centric uh he's doing a lot he broke his streak he had great quotes great confessionals won a couple dailies had a romance with the you know new star of the challenge in Olivia um just doing a lot providing a lot and you know comes up short loses the fessy again in the end had some poor decision-making on the strategy gameplay side. And so still, you know, some things to improve upon in his game, certainly. But Nelson brought a lot to this season and it's, you can't tell the story of the season without Nelson being pretty, not that far down the list, which is exactly why he is in fifth on the MVP, because he's definitely in the top five people or stories of the season was, it was very Nelson heavy. And I liked almost all of it because I love Nelson so much fourth place. This was a tough one. I teased earlier, I teased last week that maybe Olivia could actually vie for the I don't think ever done before, at least not in a like big team, bunch of rookies type of setting. One, the rookie of the year and the MVP in the same season. She does not pull it off, but she does come in fourth. She is one of if not the you know star star of the season, the newer star. You know, she gets that ad because she's a rookie and such an immediate star that kind of adds to in your head, thinking about like who was the star of the season. But I think fourth is the appropriate place. She did really, really well. We just talked about her over and over and over. So everything I just said for rookie of the year, you know, double it up, say it again, say it louder because she deserves it and needs to be back. Of course, if she wants to, but uh, she ends up coming in fourth. Cause I think there's three, three vets that beat her out for the top three spots. And ultimately for the spot as the MVP of Ryder dies, third place, We've got Nani. What a season from Nani. I know she comes up short, that damn brick puzzle at the end, but she gets second, and that that's still awesome. She makes a final. She proves everything. I, I, if anyone needed her to prove the, like, you know, it's one thing to actually win, but it's that thing in, in fans' head of, like, could you win? There's a big difference between those who haven't won in the one the, the ones who haven't won that we think you could you're like you absolutely could have you just haven't in the ones who haven't won and it's like I don't think you can or I don't think you ever could have you know there's a big difference in those two groups and Nani for a while has been in the group of like for me you can't hasn't won but definitely could have like there's versions of seasons she's been on where she wins this one obviously there's a version of this season many versions of the season where she wins And she did incredible all the way through, proved herself for the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time over on the competitive front. And, you know, had the big storylines of coming in with the emotional weight of having lost her mother with, you know, you know, she has Casey there to support her. But then she leaves and Nani bananas are like the one of the few real ride or die couples we can like lean into that storyline with. So. All of that, throw in pretty solid confessionals, throw in the massive, amazing moment of the eating and the puking bananas pocket in the final, throw in the catch of the peg in the you know the elimination they ultimately would have won, but it just would have taken even longer when she drops the peg and catches it with her feet versus Fessel and Mariah. Uh, the couple elimination wins, I mean, just all the way through, Nani has had some good to great seasons in the past I think this was her, maybe her best ever season. I don't know. I think I'd have to go back free agents. She gets second and she's still like single, pretty wild and out there. Nani at that point. And uh, so maybe that one is her best season as far as where she might've fallen. When I ever get back to the recap or the rewatch series, we'll see where she falls on that season on the MVP list. But uh, yeah, this is as good as it gets Um, third place. Great, great showing from Nani and then second and first. I didn't realize going in how close it would be between these two, but it really was. Second place, Jordan. It ha- it kind of has to be. Um, he, you know, has the big storyline that I didn't totally enjoy talking about with him and Tori, but it it's there. Has as a sub part of that his relationship with Naris. Um, he's buddy buddy with a bunch of the new, you know, the younger guys, him and Horacio, him and Chauncey at different times you know, he's a part of the twist of bringing in the OGs. He's a focal point of us talking about like, yeah, you and Anissa aren't actually ride or dies. And you're the reason we can point to like, these aren't all real ride or dies here gets to the finals, you know, ends up in third place has a couple elimination wins, but a couple tough losses on the resume. Now too, I guess Jordan and balls in, isn't the slam dunk that I thought it would be. Oh, and two and balls in on this season. It's pretty tough, really good competition, but still it's, it's, tough. It's interesting. It goes on the resume for certain some great confessionals throughout some wins here and there, uh, just very prevalent, very Jordan heavy season. And at the end of the day, like he, he was the MVP of the episode once he was runner up twice. He was third place, three times, fourth place, twice, fifth place, twice. I mean, he was just all over the board. Every episode he was a part of, you know, the back half of the season, middle to back half of the season. And he he really. Put in uh, what, I haven't graded it out yet, but he's definitely the MVP of the War of the Worlds too. Probably, definitely has to be, right? Of course. So this could have been a two-time win for him at least. I haven't gone back and graded any of his seasons yet. But he falls just shy of the guy that has to be the MVP of the season. It's Devin. It always was. It always will be. It has to be Devin. Devin is the MVP of, of wow, I almost said the wrong season name. <laughs> he also was almost the MVP of that last season too. But uh, he is the MVP of the challenge, Ride or Dies. He you know, quotes out the wazoo, Dan Renzi award winner. Multiple wins, an elimination win, won the whole damn thing, is the face of the show in my mind going into this season and all the way through this season. We talked multiple times throughout the season, but he's the best at this now, the best at being on the challenge that there is going at this point. And he's for sure, without a doubt, the MVP of the season for me. And this comes on the heels of a second-place MVP finish on the previous season, Spies, Lies, and Allies. So Devin is just putting up numbers right now, plain and simple, okay? He, you know, there's one little moment in the middle of the season where it looked like his too many alliances, too many friends strategy was going to come back to haunt them. It didn't. It worked flawlessly in their favor. They got saved a couple of times. They did the saving a couple of times. They were in the original first elimination. They at least at the beginning of the season, the young rookies in the house like looked around and were like, Yeah, actually Devin and Tory might be the team we should be the most worried about here. So again, shout out to those like the Johnnies and Ravens that at least figure that out and were, you know, the rest of the crew decided that somehow Fessel and Mariah were much more of a threat than Devin Torrey and Johnny or in bananas and a uh, Nani, but you know, that's neither here nor there, but Devin and Tori get that elimination win to open the season. They do great at running the politics of the game throughout the rest of the season. They get the clutch win, when they need to late in the season, uh, you know, the last elimination winning, uh, you know, when they need to, uh, when they're in the team setting and, Just, yeah, across the board, what did Devin not do pretty flawlessly all season long, from the show side, from the sports side, everything about it. He gets the win. He gets the MVP. And that brings us to the big question that we've got to ask because, you know, we've just given him his crown. He's got his other award from the Dan Renzi. He already had one of those. He's already been runner-up, been on MVP ballots before. He's now a challenge MVP, a challenge champion. Is Devin Walker top 25 male challenger of all time now this isn't uh normally something we would do you know we wouldn't take the winner of the season and just guarantee be like let's put them in history where do they slot in every single season or almost any season that really that we've covered so far um but we have to do it here because i've said that i was going to do it the last three weeks which is really the reason i'm finally doing it finally following through on that i'm Getting a little better at that whole follow-through on doing the things on the podcast I say I'm gonna do. A little, a little bit. Give me some slack here. But it all came about because he tweeted out going into the final, you know, four weeks ago before the three-episode final, that regardless of the result, he already thought he was top twenty-five male challenger of all time. And that stirred up. A lot of people who agreed or disagreed, mostly on the disagreed side, at least from it seemed like most of the reaction was like, come on, dude, like calm down. Uh, it led to some funny jokes and eventual dunking on Fessel because all things <laughs> tend to somehow turn into dunking on Fessel. And it was yet another possibly self-inflicted wound. And while Devin was maybe being a little cheeky, a little sarcastic with it, he also wasn't lying. He definitely, I think, thinks that and I've got to answer the question as the historian of this show, of this game, is he right? Uh, quickly, because I also have said this in the last couple of weeks, just Tori didn't come out there and say she was. Her partner did about him specifically, but just because they were partners and they both won, and it was a big moment. Tori definitely is in top 25 females. I don't know that list. I didn't put it together the way I did here because she, again, didn't tweet about it, but I feel confident that she would be between her win Uh, multiple, you know, finals, big storylines, War of the Worlds 2 just on its own almost, uh, you know, and everything else that goes into that. So shout out to her again one more time. Love Tori. So glad she won. Back to the the question here. Devin Top 25 male challenger ever. This is not – I'm about to give tears – Groupings. I'm not going to give an official list here, and none of this is official either. One day I will definitely at least do top 25, if not top 20, 50, top 100, every single player ever. Who knows? I'm going to get crazy with it at some point down the line in the future once everything's been graded out and everything's shaken out. But I can give you the kind of unofficial in pencil. I sat down. I thought about it. I wrote out some names. I kind of put some some tiers together just to get to, like, where's where's the first tier where I'd start? considering slotting Devin in and where would that maybe put him on a list of just male side of the equation challengers of all time. And here's where, where it comes, where, where we landed. There's the top tier untouchables. Of course, he's not in this group, bananas, CT West, Jordan, Landon, Durrell. That's six folks who are pretty consensus, like the top six in some order in almost everyone's mind. And, you know, is a deserved list that obviously Devin's not cracking that anywhere, anywhere near that. So those six, certainly somewhere in the top in some order opinions may vary. Then there's the next tier. That's kind of like the battle for the top 10 in my mind to like finish out the rest of the top 10 after those other six, that's the Miz, Jamie Murray, Theo Vaughn, Derek Kasinski Um, uh, that's four people that really is kind of like rounding out the top 10. I, Cut someone out of here. I guess I moved a couple of people down. The next group is also in this too. If you're really thinking like, who's the top 10? Ms. Jamie Murray, Theo Von Derrick is maybe the next four to go with that first six. But then you can't forget about Abram, Mark Long, Dan Setzler, Tyler, Brad. I would put those five along with those other four. And that, you know, kind of has us at our top like 15-ish people right there. And then after that, you know, I'm not I'm not putting... Devin's not breaking into that top 15-ish group. Um, and then the next group, you got one-time champions who also big impact on the show. Alton, Timmy, Dan Renzi, Zach. Uh, those four, I think, you know, then you have to be considered. And I'm like, I I don't think there's any way I'm putting Devin in that crew uh, yet. Some would say, I think the only one out maybe in that group, well, some might be like, Zach, really, Zach? And I'm like, yeah, you can you can think he's a piece of shit or whatever you want to think about him. He won. He's been in some finals. He had a major impact on the show. That's for damn certain, okay? He's he's in this kind of tier of this group. The other one that some might be like, Dan Renzi, really? And I'm like, yeah. There's an award named after him for a reason. His impact on the show in the early seasons. He did win one of those seasons, too. Uh, he's in this group. For me, he's high on the list. He's probably the first one that someone would see on my list and be like, hmm, a little high, but let me hear the reasoning. And maybe they would agree with the reasoning. Maybe they wouldn't. But I'm not putting Devin there. And then... There's also the ones we're not, we're not supposed to say their names, but I'm going to say their names. Kenny and Evan are definitely, if you count Kenny and Evan, Kenny and Evan are somewhere in the groups that I've already talked about because they were fucking awesome at the show. Uh, You know, again, we'll just leave it at that. How about that? We'll stop talking. How about that? Great idea. Let's keep it moving. So I've just named what? Two, four, six, 11, 15, 21. I've just named 21 people that I, th- I think there's no way that I am putting Devin above right now. Maybe you could argue with me, Dan and Zach, I guess. We could have a little bit of a discussion. And then, again, if you don't include Kenny and Evan, I don't know. So maybe we're at se- somewhere between 17 and 21 that I feel pretty certain. Like, no chance. We're not breaking through. And, again, this is unofficial, but that's, that's the list thus far. So we're at around 21, and that's when it starts to get – interesting and it starts to get like well who would be next what would be the next group and again i didn't say this up front but we're real i'm not thinking about this like the best ever at the game who would be the best at the game just if ran a challenge season super difficult one ran a final or whatever who would win there's a lot of people who would then move up this list there's a lot of people who would move down this list you know like a good one that comes to mind and we're going to see on our tv screens again is theo uk theo uh, more recent, he's coming back. Thank goodness on, you know, he got second on one of the hardest finals, pr- the hardest final ever in war of the worlds. If, you know, I'm just picking people to like win the actual physical events or whatever. I might, you know, he would be way up this list, but is you know, not had the impact or the longevity, the reputation on the show, that's going to get him on it. So all of it matters being good at the show, being good at the sport Having some wins, having some success, but also having an impact on the show, all of it wrapped in is what matters. So we're at 21 or whatever, and it gets interesting. Here's just a list of names to consider next in no particular order, but just uh, the next kind of group of people that I kind of came up with off the top of my head. You know, going through the list, my stats list of just, like, who's been in the most episodes, the most finals, the most wins, most daily wins or elimination wins, just to try to get a barometer of, like, is there anyone's name that pops up that I'm missing here? And the next group of names to consider is really, like, like Leroy. Everyone loves you, Leroy. He's been he was around forever, beloved. Five finals. He could be in the next grouping. Corey, four finals. Been around a real long time. Tons and tons of episodes under his belt. Some some would say big impact. Some would say not. Whatever. He's maybe in there. Frank Sweeney, small time on the show, big impact. Two finals, one win. Wish he wouldn't have got himself band or whatever for talk breaking his NDAs or whatever he did, or just chose not to do the show anymore. But goddamn Frank Sweeney was a revelation on the challenge. You've got the Paulies and fessels of the world who have been to a couple finals just, and you know, maybe, especially in Paulie's case, if you get invited back, like continue having a big impact on the show, who knows Cyrus is the one other OG that I'm like, he, he has a win. He's definitely an OG massive impact on the show. Um, you know, he's got to be in, in one of these groups somewhere in here, a Tony, uh, Tony time, Tony Reigns never won, but made some finals, has some impactful moments, had a big story. It was one of the kind of faces of the show for a period there. Frank Rossler can't forget old school. Frank did have a challenge. win, does have a challenge MVP might've been a pretty tough, bad season, you know, in the three, but Frank was the MVP and won that season and had an impact on the show. So shout out to him, Nelson two finals. I think, I don't know the official numbers. He might be in the top 10 of like episodes that he's been in at this point. Um, so, you know, those are just some random names that I came up with as this, this next group. Uh, let me know, DM me on Instagram at challenge historian. If I'm, if you're like this person, this person, this person should be in those lists you've already said should definitely be up there above these people you just named. But like, we get to that 21, which again was Bananas, CT, West, Jordan, Landon, Darrell, Miz, Jamie Murray, Theo Vaughn, Derek Kosinski, Abram, Mark Long, Dan Setzler, Tyler, Brad, Alton, Timmy, Dan Renzi, Zach, Kenny, and Evan. And, you know, we're at 21, and I feel pretty good about in some order those 21 being maybe above the others. And then it's like, is Devin next? Could Devin be the next one? Could Devin beat out case for case? Any the Leroy Corey, Frank, Paulie Fessel, Cyrus, Tony, Frank Nelson's of the world. Yeah, I don't see why not. I think Devin might I think I, he might legitimately be twenty second best male challenger of all time. like he might he's somewhere around the twenty second best male challenger of all time. I think that's where I have ended up when considering again, impact on the show being great at the show side of things and also actually being good and possibly being able to win or having won the show a time or two to kind of get that side of the board filled. Like, yeah, he had no chance of winning in his early seasons. He wasn't able to win. He wasn't physically going to be able to pull that off, but he got himself to the place where he could. And now he damn near beat CT in a final last season. And he did beat bananas and Jordan in the final this season. So like, What else has he got to do? He's beaten bananas in an elimination in a big moment where he called him out and beat him. He's beaten Wes in an elimination. He has now a season MVP under his belt and a second place MVP under his belt last season. And I think anyone whose reaction to him being like, I'm top 25 male of all time would be like, well, I don't like this last stretch of seasons that you're the face of and kind of leading on. But I'm not weighing that against him because he's been the brightest spot in the last three, four seasons of anything. And I've loved every minute of it. And I think he's so good at being on this show and being a part of this show. And now he's freaking won and took home an MVP. And he moves up the board pretty quickly. Three finals, a win, a decent elimination wins in the end of the day. Decent daily challenge wins at the end of the day. Tons of episodes. Amazing in the confessional booth. Uh, you know, face of the show here for a few season run wins versus other legends. Just like the resume is pretty freaking good at this point. And again, this isn't official, but he's somewhere around the 22nd best male challenger of all time. And I think that he could move up a lot further. If you told me he was on, you know, season 39, 40 and 41, he did three more seasons and he, to get to like a nice solid 10 he made the and he won one more. Maybe he makes the final in two more of those, and he wins one of them again to kind of back it up. And he, you know, a couple, couple more Dan Renzi award wins, a bunch of great quotes, uh, some great storylines. It's that and the other. He handles now being the targeted versus the one doing the targeting. There's a world where this man gets to. He, he's not top and crack top topping, cracking the top ten is what I've been trying to say here for the last ten seconds. He's not. Cracking that list. He's not getting up in the Mrs. Jamie Murray's, Theo Vaughn's, Derek Kaczynski's of the world, let alone the Durrell's, Land and Jordan's West's CT's, Bananas. I don't think. But uh, could he get up there with the Abrams, Mark Long, Dan Setzler's, Tyler's, Brad's? Probably not. Probably not. But it's only probably. It used to be like, that's laughable. And it's now, like, I'm at least saying probably before I'm saying not. Um, the Alton's, Timmy's, I got to split that group up. Alton and Timmy should just be with. Brad and Tyler and Dan and Mark and Abram. And then Dan and Zach should be my kind of like on the line of like where are they versus the big group that comes behind them. And then of course you got the Kenny and Evan in there, wherever you're willing, if you're willing to put them on the list somewhere. So yeah, could he easily move into top 15 with a couple more good performances? Could he even flirt with like, he's not going to flirt with the top 10, but could he like get up as high as like 11th or 12th? There's a world where, yes, I'm not betting on that world, and I know Devin's a betting man. I don't know if he should bet on that world, but he's top 25. That tweet wasn't ridiculous. In fact, it was just plain old accurate. Actually, if he wouldn't have won this season, I don't think it would have been accurate. The win was a big, big deal. If he would have got third and it wouldn't have been close, it would have been a big deal. So the tweet wasn't 100% accurate, but he knew, obviously, that he was going to win by the end of it, and you could kind of update that tweet as we have done here. So... Devin's top 25 male challenger of all time. He's also the MVP. He's also the champion. Shout out to him. Shout out to Tori for getting that champion. Shout out to all all the Olivias, the Horacios, the Nannies, the Nelsons, the Michelle and Jay and Laurel and Jack and Johnny and Raven and the uh, so many people made this season a very good, solid season. Shout out to the music crew again one more time. Music part of the production. Shout out to the production, the lighting, the theme, every, everything we've talked about. We've talked for damn near two hours at this point. I think that's enough. So we will one more time, maybe, possibly, depending how the reunions go, talk a little bit about those reunions on a future podcast. But otherwise, that's it for Ride or Die's coverage. Again, this Friday, quick little micropod kickoff Challenge UK. We're covering the whole thing in one week. This Friday. Little micro 10 to 15 minute, just anything I can find on the internet and synthesize into one quick readout podcast for you to be ready for the UK to drop on Saturday. I will put out this Friday and then next week, Monday through Friday, all five days, one episode each day. We'll binge it together. We'll recap it very briefly in and out together, and then we'll do world championships previews on that Saturday uh, five days out from the premiere of that. So a lot coming in the challenge world, a lot coming on the pod, buckle up, get ready. Thank you so much for being here all season long. It's been a good ride on this ride or die season. Y'all are my ride or dies. One of you out there listening would be who I, maybe I'd pick at random. If I had to go on a season and pick my ride or die, I would draw at random from my, anyone out there listening. So thank you. I love you. I appreciate you Feel free to hit that follow, subscribe rating if you haven't already, but I bet most of you have. Thanks so much for doing so. We'll be back. Challenge UK. One season, one week. Can we do it? Yes, we can. It's a small season that clearly they don't care that much about because they're dumping five episodes at once and it's only five episodes. Anyways, more on that on Friday. Thanks for being here. Good night. Bye.